Welcome back to Take Us McGinnis Elder Care Law Hour. I am Barbara McGinnis. In today's episode, we're talking about resident rights. Right, and I'm Tim, and I'm Tim Take Us, and in this segment, we are speaking with Jake Wrightmeyer. Is that right, Jake? That's right. You're the executive director at Clarendale at Indian Lake, which is in Hendersonville. It's yes. a fairly new facility. Independent living, assisted living, and memory care. Is that right? That's correct. Great. So welcome to uh, Take Us McGinnis Elder Care Law Hour. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about the differences uh, be among independent assisted living and memory care. Sure. So independent living, as the name suggests, is primarily active senior adults who are ready to take a step from home ownership and join a community where they can enjoy experiences that don't require them to do things like home maintenance, uh, some take advantage of laundry services, transportation, uh, usually it's e equipped with a robust activity schedule to keep them active and busy as well. Uh, and also food and, and, and beverage uh, options, whether it be uh, meals, f f uh, all three meals a day, or they could take uh, advantage of some sort of meal delivery system or uh, some kind of programming. So that's independent living. Now, those that need a little bit more assistance with uh, daily activities or daily living activities, such as showering, medication reminders or assistance with taking medications. Um, uh, also, if they need help with their diet, uh, whether it be the physical actual mm -hmm. eating uh, or, or things of that nature, that, that assisted living may be more appropriate for them. Mm -hmm. uh, also, that falls under a licensure with the state uh, health okay. department of each state. Independent so living is not? It, independent living is primarily not, no. Okay. And then memory care, much like assisted living, comes with those assistance with daily living but it's generally structured with uh, a special program or a special uh, care uh, uh, situation for those dealing with uh, dementia who had a diagnosis of, you know, whether it be uh, frontal lobe, Lewy body, uh, or probably the most common is Alzheimer's disease. Yeah. Uh, those usually have uh, uh, specific caretakers that are trained uh, with dementia care and also a specific program uh, that will uh, enable them to to, um, keep uh, focusing on what they have left rather than what they've lost. Yeah. Right. So that's, yeah. that's memory care. Gotcha. Yeah. Are resident rights different in those different settings? So no, uh, and, and your, your previous guest touched on it uh, uh, beautifully, is that those rights don't go away when you move into a community such as ours. Yeah. Uh, in independent living, it's more obvious. Uh, you're independent, you are, uh, it's basically your home. We're there to serve you. Uh, you have all the rights that you would have in your own home. Mm -hmm. Assisted living really doesn't change, although it's governed. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's on black and white paper, it's given to us. We have to share that news with them and also to our employees. Um, you know, it, that comes from the 1987 nursing home reform law that was mm -hmm. given to each state. Mm -hmm. uh, those, and, and she read them off uh, and touches on you know, what we have to provide as rights to residents, whether it be uh, you know, the use of a telephone, which believe it or not, that may have not been the case uh, before 1987, which is hard to believe. Yeah. So those rights don't necessarily change. And yeah. the same with memory care, and, and that's harder for people to understand sometimes because a lot of times you're dealing with a power of attorney or someone that's taking uh, the responsibility of that resident. Mm -hmm. uh, but that resident still has those same rights. Mm -hmm. And I used to work in, in my background was actually in long-term care. And it's not just residents' rights, but it's residents' rights and responsibilities, Absolutely. right? So it's the, the consumer resident has responsibilities as well to be. 
They do. So um, there's a few things that we like to um, touch on when a, a resident is moving our community. One of those is that it, it is a community. You mm -hmm. know, they have to uh, behave appropriately. Not not police like a country club or anything like that. But if they're if they become a danger to themselves or to other people, right. then yes, they have a responsibility uh, to to be in accordance with those policies. Right. Yeah, when I think about that now, I'm thinking about like when I was in college, I lived in a dorm. Yeah. You know, and you can't just like play music all day. Yeah. You know, I mean, there was quiet hours and whatever, so. Right. Yeah, we, we tend to joke around with our residents that are moving in and say, you know, it, this is your home, but if you go running around the halls without any clothes on, we may have a problem. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 You can't do that anymore, not right. like you did at home. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. right. Your naked room is inside yeah. your right. apartment. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we have residents of memory care. Obviously, they have more impairments. So, uh, so obviously, the, the rights aren't necessarily, the rights are the same, right. but are they, how do you address their rights? So, so it's it's uh, it's a complex situation sometimes yeah. dealing with dementia. So we look at it like this: um, it's it, it takes a village. First of all, we have uh, what we call our care team, which mm -hmm. is not just us as uh, the employees or the management team of a community. That's also their doctor, that's their family, their power of attorney, whoever is involved with them in any mm -hmm. way, shape, or form. And it takes a lot of communication between each member of that team mm -hmm. to come up with. Um, uh, uh, obstacle well to come up with with successful um, opportunities to take care of those challenges our, our earlier I believe you were speaking about someone taking morning showers and it may mm -hmm. not be just a, yeah. it may not be a morning person right. mm -hmm. so I think it's our responsibility as 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 caregivers uh, to look at the environment look at that um, experience that's going mm -hmm. on and say what what can we change around this person without manipulating the situation, what can we do to maybe have a successful outcome? Right. Maybe it's that we acknowledge this person's not a morning person and we start uh, challenging our staff to do those showers at the, in the evening. That's yeah. an easy fix for us. Mm -hmm. yeah. Or maybe it's that, um, you know, th that, that we can change the environment through just ha making them have a, a better day, uh, whether it's, the, you know, if they refuse a medication or something like that. Maybe it's that we change the, the, the outcome by changing the environment around them. Mm -hmm. So, what if the resident uh, was a smoker? Yeah. Do they have the right to smoke? It's a great question. Uh, the short answer is yes. They have a right to smoke. They can uh, they can partake in alcohol and tobacco products if if it's you know as long as they're of legal age. <laughs> Obviously, uh -huh. they're going to be in our communities yeah. usually. Yeah. Uh, now that being said, communities can also have policies against it. So, for instance, our mm -hmm. community is a smoke-free uh, campus. Uh, so we have either no smoking or designated areas, and we would ask that those residents uh, uh, take advantage of those designated right. areas. It's also a little tricky when they have guests and family mm -hmm. members that visit that do uh, smoke or uh, yeah. uh, yeah. use tobacco products, and we have to make sure that they understand those. Yeah, yeah. My guess is is probably every facility now has similar policies. You Pretty know, much. I mean, yeah. smoking is not like it used to be. It's not. It's yeah. changed a lot in the 15 years that I've been okay. in this. Uh, this business it's changed dramatically. Okay. Well, what about sex? Uh, well, as in sexual intercourse or relationships that uh, you know that residents form. That's a great question, and it comes up probably more often than people think. Uh -huh. uh, the resident rights is first and foremost. Uh, it is just just that they have the right to uh, maintain a relationship with anyone they like to. Mm -hmm. That that's difficult when you're dealing with family members who aren't necessarily. Um, uh, for that relationship mm -hmm. or have a problem with it or they could yeah. be you know we even had uh, you know married couples come in and the husband or wife ends up in a relationship outside of their marriage and that yeah. becomes a very difficult situation so 
resident rights trumps all right. uh, first. Now, again, going back to that care team of that family member, the doctors, mm -hmm. our staff in situations, we all work together to, to find solutions that may benefit everybody. Uh, yeah, I mean it's these tough. situations are not as black and white as we're making it sound because people are unique and everything influences like what degree to memory impairment or right. cognitive impairment is going to make sure. it right. more or are less these, problematic. Are these, are these consenting relationships right. I guess right. is essentially uh, what uh, it about amounts to. It does, yes. Yeah. Yeah. As yeah. Long as if both members of the relationship are consenting, there's not much we can do. Right. Yeah. 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 Well. And then something that may be more frequent problems, the right to refuse treatment or medications, right? Yes, and I, I, I touched on that a little bit just a minute ago. Uh, they do have the right to refuse treatment. They do have the right to yeah. refuse medication and services. Uh, and that becomes tricky as well. So again, we go back to that, that care team. I keep going yeah. back to it and, sure. and trying to find solutions to either change the environment. Again, not to manipulate the person. Uh, that would be against their right. Uh, but to find solutions that may, that may change their mind uh, appropriately. And sometimes, though, what really does happen, maybe not in assisted living, maybe it does, but the, the refusal of medications or treatment to the point that that person cannot be cared for in that setting any longer. Correct. Is really the danger in that, I guess, there, right? Or the, there, that is the danger, is that, that, that they may put themselves in a, in a position that, that causes danger to themselves, and then they would, they would be faced with a, a concern of, uh, of our staff not being able to care for them and our community yeah. not being able to provide you know, assistance. So Jake, we've got 30 seconds left. So are there any misconceptions about uh, the rights of residents that you maybe, that we haven't touched on that you'd like to clarify? You touched on it, but I'd love to repeat that, that you don't lose any of your rights when you move into a community such yeah. as ours. You know, people always think of the, the old folks home and that right. they, they, yeah. they get, they become prisoners and that's just not the case. Great. We do have your contact information we're going to put up. Okay. Thank you. And they're at Clarendale at Indian Lake, beautiful new facility in Hendersonville. Thank you, Jake, for Thanks. being here. Um, up next, we're going to have someone else talk about resident rights in skilled nursing facilities, so stay tuned.